If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to the Newborn Mothers Podcast. We've got Amanda on today, who is our mental health educator inside postpartum education and care professional training. Amanda is a perinatal social worker. She's an author and an illustrator, and she's worked for almost 20 years contributing to improve mental and emotional wellness. And I know that, Amanda, we originally met because you were a student um, of mine, but then we kind of became closer because I really wanted to learn from you a little bit more about um, having suicide conversations, which is on another podcast episode. And um, from there, I... The reason I got interested in learning more about suicide is because it is the leading cause of death for mothers in Australia, and that was really shocking to me. And I felt like as a in my postpartum care work and in the training I'd done, I hadn't really learned a lot about mental health, and I didn't really have very much kind of literacy around mental health, and I really wanted to make sure that that was included in what I was teaching um, because I feel like it's such an important part of mental health. Um, sorry, such an important part of postpartum. And really that brings us to what we want to talk about today, which is sadly postpartum is often correlated with depression. Like we often do a little word association game. I say postpartum, you say depression. Um, But it doesn't have to mean depression, but it isn't necessarily going to be easy um, or like just happy. It's not a simple time in life. It's a big complex transition that involves, you know, identity and relationships and and culture and sleep and eating and all of the things that impact mental health um, are, are impacted by postpartum. So Amanda, I'm really happy to have you in the new training and I wanted to invite you on the podcast to, to have a chat. So do you want to add anything to your intro? Did I miss anything there? Oh, no, just... That twenty, 20, I actually turned forty, um, like this year. So yeah, to hear, yeah, to hear that sort of twenty years, it was a bit sort of shocking. Um, but um, I guess yeah, circling back to um, I to you know, I'm just really, um, really, really blessed to be, um, to be part of your team now. Like you say, you know, t- coming full circle from being a student. Um, you know, for for anyone who's listening and you know they're starting out perhaps a career change or, or, you know, delving further into um, postpartum education and care work, um, like, you know, it was six years ago that I had, you know, a little baby and and did your course. And, yeah, it's it's just funny how the internet um, can be um, a beautiful place and and a bit of a scary place, but that, yeah, um, our relationship has, has developed and, um yeah now come on onto your team so yes um we are both incredibly passionate about this work um and I think that today um some of the things that we're going to talk about um the postpartum experience um sort of you know under the umbrella of of mental health um, it seems to be that, you know, in the first, the first, first co- cohort of students that we've had through this course, um, 
something that has excited you and I both a lot is the thing that they've really latched onto is um, a strengths-based rather than a deficit-based to this, you know, um, developmental life stage. So like you said, you know, I say postpartum, you say, you know, depression, um, hair loss, anxiety, all of these things. And so if we are to be um, collectively a part of this renaissance in postpartum care, then, yes, we need to look at ways in which we can look at this experience with a different lens than what our society is really used to with that kind of deficit um, pathologizing, let's fix these problems kind of lens. So um, I am very excited that it's taking shape. Yeah, it, it obviously took us a long time to figure out what do you include in one module about <laughs> mental health because <laughs> it's such a huge topic. Um, but when we in, when we were putting together the new postpartum training, it was like really one of the most important things that I think we wanted to include was um, looking at things from a strength-based perspective because often for a new mum, um, it's a very black and white world where people are either saying, oh, these are the best days of your life and you shouldn't be complaining about it, or they're saying like it's going to be terrible, you'll never sleep again, you know, and there's not much in between that allows for you to go like, look, this is amazing and it's also really hard and I need someone to just be able to be in that grey area with me. And I think um, that's what I really love about the strength-based approach. It doesn't dismiss the challenges, but it also builds resilience and um, it, like, it, it, it builds as professionals our belief in our clients that they are capable of dealing with these challenges. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's certainly, it's a shift. And I think that um, if we are to practice what we preach, um, you know, even though I, as you have said, 20, 20 years or so I've been doing this kind of work, um, is that we are, um, to, to borrow from a, from a previous colleague of mine, a little saying that he said, you know, pra- we are all practising our greatness. You know, you don't just kind of wake up in the morning and you're this great kind of, you know, professional. Um, everything that you do is a practice and to kind of be gentle on yourself. And I think that um, if we live in a society which sort of fundamentally is still, unfortunately, viewing this time through that kind of deficit um, approach, then we are going to stumble and fall, fall down sometimes. And sometimes you do kind of, um, your first instinct can be to jump into that fixing, how do I fix this problem kind of thing. Um, and rather than kind of feeling this pressure to have all of the answers, it's actually really helpful to t- take a step back and actually, yes, look look at the frameworks which support our practice and look at, you know, the philosophies that we have and the answers are actually in there um, rather than, you know, with narrowing in on these specifics. You know, if it's a breastfeeding challenge, oh, my goodness, you know, and it's a very heightened, you know, um, everyone kind of gets very heightened about it or if it's a mental health challenge, oh, my goodness, like we've got to fix this, fix this. But if we kind of step back, and just really embrace um, these fundamental beliefs that we have about the world and the way in which we want to change the world to, to look and feel like a better place, then you can kind of um, work from there, if that 
Yeah, I love it. Can you rewind a little bit? Because some mm-hmm. people listening to this going, what actually is strengths-based? Yeah. They don't know what that means. So where does that idea come from? How did you come across it? Yeah, so, um, oh, goodness, you put me on the spot there in terms of the actual, like, um, in terms of the actual origins, I'm not 100% sure, but as a social worker, um, you know, as a profession, a strengths-based practice is is very much um, fundamental to the way in which um, we work. Whether you're a social worker working, you know, one-to-one with clients, whether you're working in research, whether you're looking at policy, um, it doesn't matter. But um, I think that for me, um, I came across it um, like in Australia, um, there is a, a bit of a Bible, a, a book, um, which we um, we refer to um, throughout throughout the modules called The Strengths Approach by Wayne McCashin. Um, and it's really a bit of an Australian social worker, um, you know, go to, um, to conceptualise, you know, it sounds a bit airy-fairy, doesn't it? Like, and everyone kind of, and it's in terms of a kind of a um, mental health, um, helper kind of approach when you think about psychologists and counsellors and social workers and all these kinds of people that work in this space sometimes um, a strengths-based approach can be a bit dismissed of like oh yes yes we all we all understand that people have strengths but then there can be all these other modalities that you know um, different people can apply um, which you know kind of do kind of narrow in a little bit more um on on the problem um and there's actually a lot that's the strengths-based approach has to 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 offer so in that very long-winded I didn't really answer much there but um one of the ways in which I find it can be helpful to describe um and explain something is to do like a compare and contrast right so um if we think about the context of postpartum um, and, you know, we've, we've already kind of chatted a little bit about, you know, this, this idea of it being pathologized and that word association of, you know, um, negative things. Um, some of the kind of key things that are involved in a pathologizing approach is that we're looking at um, the deficits rather than um, the positives. We're trying to solve problems and understand what it is that's wrong and come up with solutions that are um, usually kind of, you know, fairly short term. We see we see there's a significant need and that, you know, need needs to be met um, about predicting and controlling the outcomes um, of what's going on, overcoming weaknesses, okay, so like rather than a focus on strengths, we're looking at what is wrong and how do we fix that? How do we diagnose you know, if, if somebody's in a crisis, we all kind of go into this, you know, reactionary fix mode. Um, and then another element of the deficit-based or pathologizing approach to issues that occur throughout the lifespan, um, including, um, you know, mental health difficulties, is that there's a punishment of, of non-compliance. So, you know, if you've got a problem, you look outward to an expert, they give you the tools, and, you know, and if for whatever reason, you don't kind of, you know, comply with the recommendations, there's this 
kind of um, air of, of punishing non-compliance. So, you know, if you, we think it's about... Something I see so commonly in postpartum with things like breastfeeding advice or sleep advice, and it's kind of like, well, you didn't do what you were told, so, well, you deserve to not sleep, or, of course, your nipples are hurting because you didn't do what I said you should do. So Yeah. Yeah. And so it's very much isn't that, and we think about, so what's why is that happening? Well, there's a narrowing in on the focus. Okay, so if we just you know take take nipple pain for example, um, I guess that is a that's a result of a whole range of complex things that are going on um, in relation. It's you know it's not just like one thing. Oh, you've got nipple pain. Put this cream on. There's a whole range of things that we need to step back and look at in context. Um, and yeah, as 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 people um you know as a society that is you know very much dominated by um a culture that is about you know gathering information learning fixing you know doing if we don't kind of follow you know the abc steps um there's this sense that from the individual that you know they're and sometimes this you know this can be an internalized thing it's not necessarily that you know, a, a, um, a professional doesn't necessarily punish the non-compliance and say, you know, you did this, but in, internally um, a person can kind of go, well, you know, I didn't actually follow that advice to the T. So, you know, that's probably where I've fallen down. So, yeah, very, very common. And I'm sure that um, as people are listening, they they can come up with either their own and or um, experience of from other people that they've um, worked with or that they know and kind of go, yes, yes, like this is resonating. This this sounds like um, a situation that we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so a lot of people would never even have heard of a strengths-based or deficit-based approach, but I think our kind of default in our society is a deficit-based approach, even if we don't realise that's what we're doing. Mm. Um, so I think it's a really powerful thing to shine the light on and make it really explicit that you could actually approach yeah. things in a different way. So how would that look? If, <laughs> yeah, how would that look if someone comes to you with a challenge and yeah. you work through it with, in, with a strength-based lens? Yeah, yeah. So um, if we kind of flip the script a little bit and think, okay, well, maybe we don't have to default to this pressure that we feel, um, you know, both as, um, you know, mothers and parents who are seeking the, you know, the, the fixes to the problems, but also as professionals who feel like, oh, you know, I've got this professional hat on. I am seen as the expert. I, I must, you know, intervene and fix this. So how do we flip that script that it's it's not working, right? Like um, there are lots and lots of issues with it. Um, and when we do flip the script, we see um, really great outcomes. So in contrast, we look at rather than looking at um, what's not working, we start from a place of, okay, well, what is actually working? So if we take, for example, that example, take, for example, the example that you gave of, um, you know, someone dealing with, you know, really painful nipple damage, for example, um, it's very easy to focus on, okay, well, like that's not working, but take a step back and look at, you know, okay, what is, let's look at this breastfeeding journey um, in its entirety and, and look at, you know, the challenges that, 
um, perhaps have been overcome to already get to, you know, whatever point they are at. And if we start from looking at strengths, then that's a really valuable place to start from because if you think about, you know, yourself, if, if, if all we're focusing in, in on is the, the deficits and, and what's not working, then it doesn't really inspire you to kind of take action to make things better. But if we can kind of say, oh, you know, like, yes, you've got a, a lot of pain, but, um, you know, there was those first couple of days where, um, things were going really well, let's let's look at the way that, you know, the, the fit and hold is occurring between the, the mother-baby dyad and, you know, you had those days where things were going really well, we can get back there again. What did that kind of look like? Are you listening to this awesome interview with a postpartum professional and thinking that this might be your calling in life too? Do you believe that postpartum care could be a respected, valued and well-paid profession, but feel frustrated and don't know where to start? Newborn Mothers Postpartum Education and Care Professional Training is online, self-paced and available worldwide. We value human rights, scientific evidence and diversity, and we'd love you to join us at newbornmothers.com. Back to the show. Um. And I suppose that example um, is is co-constructing. So rather than um, problem solving, coming in with that expert hat, is actually working together on a solution. Um, and that's something that, again, in our society that pathologizes and um, seeks out expert advice, that's not actually really a very common practice. So it takes it takes a bit to kind of break away from that um, that script and actually stop and go, let's work on this together. Hey, I actually don't have all the answers. And, and I, as you know, Julia, I always say to you, like, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. And I say that to people I work with all the time. But I think I do have skills in listening and trying to understand um, and just being really interested and curious about somebody's experiences and I think that that is the key to, to you know, working together to, to find solutions. Yeah, I love that. And without having any training or understanding of that myself, that was definitely always the kind of newborn mother's approach that we would ask people, how does that feel for you? And what did you think of that advice? And is it working? Uh, you know, and we'd be constantly just reminding people to check in with themselves. Would you like to try something different? Should we explore some other options? Uh, and those were like kind of always my go-to questions. And I didn't know at the time that that is co-constructing. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, but it but it makes so much sense why um, when I was putting together this new course and I knew I wanted to have this mental health um, module and I was thinking who can teach it and I knew it had to be a social worker because and and now I know why. <laughs> yeah, and is and I think that um, like this concept of um, you know the mother or, or or the the parent as as expert. Um, is something that is often kind of paid a lot of lip service to. So you'll often, you know, throw away line, lines of like, oh, you know, you, you just trust your instinct and intuition, you, you know best. Um, and that can kind of be said. But then if the actions are to follow that are like expert hat, fixing, you're doing it wrong, let's, you know, shift things around, then yeah, that's all it is, is lip service. But this idea of co-constructing, 
um, because, you know, you and I are mothers and, and we've both felt we can we can um, empathise with this, you know, like people say you're an expert but you really don't feel, you know, people say, oh, you know your baby best um, and you're just there kind of going, I've got no idea what I'm doing. But if you've got that person walking alongside of you, co-constructing, working together, then that builds up. It, it, it allows that, um, you know, those those instincts and intuition to come to the fore um, because they're in an environment in which they can flourish. Um, yeah, I think that's really true. And actually sometimes saying to someone, you 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 know best is like really not helpful because often yeah. that's not how a mum feels. A mum often <laughs> feels really overwhelmed and confused and but co-constructing isn't just saying just trust your gut it's actually yeah. working with someone to help them to figure out what has worked in the past what what resources they can draw on you know and and what ideas they might um have for creative you know suggestions that they could try and and also celebrating that's a success, like saying, well, remember last week when you were really overwhelmed about this and, and now you've got the hang of it and that's easy for you. Yeah, 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 it it, it does. It really bolsters um, these kind of what can be, unfortunately, airy-fairy concepts of, you know, listen to your instincts, trust your intuition. Um, so as we work sort of down, you know, and um, the, the line of what are these, key concepts behind a strengths-based approach, um, there is this, this thing, this idea that it's about discovery and adaptation. Um, and for me, you know, as somebody who switched from previously, I, I was working with, with adolescents um, for majority of my career, and it wasn't until I had my own baby that I, I switched um, to working with, with parents and, and babies, is that oh, I'm like, I was like, oh, wow, this, you know, this, this concept of discovering and, and adapting um, in the context of what we know about the postpartum period, um, well, we, well the, you know, what you know when you do your course, Julia, and, and really kind of delve into, you know, the intricacies of, um, you know, what is happening at a, like a biological, um, hormonal, societal, like level um, and this, you know, I suppose the concept, con concept of matrescence, it is about discovering and adapting and how exciting to be working with somebody at a point in their lives where, you know, so much, if, if you get that support um, and discover things and adapt to things in that really supportive way, then that is going to have like flow and effects throughout your entire life. So, um if the postpartum period is all about discovering and adapting, how lovely that um, a key concept of the strengths-based approach is all about discovering and adapting. So it makes so much sense, as you know, you just kind of described a little bit earlier that I was already doing this stuff and now I kind of know um, where it fits into a framework. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So, um, yeah, you go. Oh no, that's okay. No, you, you, um, you, because I'm just going to, I'm just looking at our strengths-based um, things. And no, I just carry on down the list because um, I think it's really we haven't quite gotten through all of the kind of strength-based approaches. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about those last couple. Yeah. So emphasizing possibilities rather than um, overcoming weaknesses. So you know, um, there are 
so many possibilities. Um, it's kind of, it is really a case of choose your own adventure, uh, which can be a little bit scary, but um, that is very much what we're supporting people to do. And sorry as I just lose my concentration a little bit, Julia, because as you well know, there is a house being renovated next to us and um, they've just started up it. <laughs> An excavator. We, we can't lovely. hear it, so don't don't Good. worry about us. <laughs> um, sustainable, oh, sorry, sustainable solutions. So in contrast to this, um, what is common in a deficit-based approach of short-term solutions, um, it makes sense, doesn't it, that if we are in a, how do we fix this problem? How do we respond to this crisis? That the solutions which are prioritised are those short-term, whereas from a strengths-based approach, we just kind of go, like, let's pull our jets a little bit. You know, it's easy to kind of jump into this crisis mode of all things are going terrible, this is just leading down a terrible path and just kind of step back and go, you know, people are amazing. They, they have these amazing strengths and abilities inside of them. And let's actually look at sustainable solutions. Yeah, I love that because that's really common in postpartum too that often the advice people are given is like someone will try it for a week and go, well, that was exhausting. There's no way I can do that in the long term. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And then they, you know, and then I guess the danger is that, um they don't go, they don't seek out that, you know, if if that's how you conceptualise what support looks like, you know. Um, You're not going to ask again. Given, you tried, it doesn't work. Well, then it doesn't really, yeah, encourage you to continue um, looking for support. Yeah, and it also makes mums feel like a bit of a failure because they're like, well, it, it's because I'm not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Or I wasn't consistent enough or something. Yeah. Um, and I guess just to round out the last two um, points that I have is um, looking at opportunities. Um, so, yeah, so, again, a little bit like those, if we're looking at emphasising possibilities, there are amazing opportunities that um, exist um, and celebrating successes because, again, um, if we compare and contrast that with punishing noncompliance, um, which is, you know, what tends to happen um, but we don't very often live, you know, get that that positive feedback. Perhaps I'm thinking out aloud as I say that one of the big problems in regards to why don't we celebrate the successes is is the kind of the closed off nature in which um, we are doing early parenting. You know, um, in that we are very much doing it on our own, and there's not really anyone to celebrate the successes with. Um, so, yeah, that's what a strengths-based approach looks like. And it's not an airy-fairy, oh, yeah, that all sounds well and good, but there are problems that we need to fix. If we consider it as a framework for practice and if we consider it as a philosophy for practice um, and work from there out, then we're going to really be minimising that danger of just falling into that predictable deficit-based approach, um, which is unfortunately so common. Yeah, I love it. 
Um, let's wrap up there. The last thing I want to hear from you is you had a great quote from acceptance and commitment therapy, which in the, in the course, we talk about a lot of different, I mean, this is part of that opportunity, isn't it? But knowing that there's a lot of different, um, things that people can do to improve their mental health, supporting them to find the right, um, professionals and the right resources and, and that sort of thing. Um, but overall, that's not to say that postpartum will always be a smooth, ride and I don't think we should expect it to be you know easy absolutely it can be rewarding and it can be a huge time for for growth and you know a a great experience and you can you can love motherhood very much and still find it really challenging um so yeah what's that quote that you had yeah so um you know sometimes there are those quotes and there are many um that belong to you or that you have shared that um resonate with not just me but I'm sure to many people listening today um and you know when you come across them you're like yes um and for me um this was certainly you know from acceptance and commitment therapy one which really resonates really well um is that you know so often we hear don't we this these polarizing kind of um views you know either everything is great or everything is terrible um whereas wouldn't it be more helpful to conceptualize the experience of postpartum um and in fact the experience of life more more broadly um as living a rich full and meaningful life amidst all of life's challenges yeah i love it I love it. It's so important that we really reframe the whole way that we approach postpartum. And and I think I'm really glad to have um, these perspectives um, as as part of our new course. Do you have any last thoughts, Amanda, before we wrap up? Um, No, I think, um, yeah, I just, I guess wrapping up, for me personally, and you know, for anybody who's who's listening, um, and thinking about these concepts that we've been discussing, from you know, from a personal and professional standpoint, I, I just think it's really, really lovely to have this opportunity to, to talk with you today and appreciate, you know, how far I have personally come um, in my journey. You know, thinking about, you know. Those, those very early days of, um, you know, having a young baby and, and thinking about my practice and thinking, I think I really want to pivot um, to, you know, to a different area. And I think that I could have very easily fallen down any kind of a rabbit hole, right? To, to If you, you want the, you wanted support, um, there are so many ways in which you can go about doing it. But for whatever reason, um, I fell into your kind of rabbit hole um, and haven't looked back. And, you know, I, I really think that um, it's it's just been a really great journey and one that I'm looking forward to continuing alongside you and your team. Lovely to have you on, Amanda, and um, been really, it's been great for me to learn more about mental health from you, and, and I'm sure a lot of our students have really enjoyed that as well. If anyone wants to go back and listen to the um, lesson on having conversations about suicide, that is episode 23. Uh, and if anyone's interested in joining the course, they can go to newbornmothers.com slash training and learn all about the curriculum and, and how to enrol there. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks for having me. 
Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.